the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Davo. What a night for the Royals. I am so glad you are along for another edition of Your Dish on Clubhouse Conversation, the place where we talk to all your favorite current and former Royals players year-round, interview-wise, and we break down the games on the dish. It's Davo. And yeah, just a terrific night for Kansas City. And I'm going to be kind of sentimental, kind of cheesy and sappy here the first 30 seconds to a minute. Because... If you were out there tonight, I don't know if it was on TV or not. I'm assuming they probably had it on on TV. But the moment of silence for the fire department and the two true heroes who lost their lives a couple of nights ago. There's many true heroes that serve us that we never recognize. Fire and police and, you know, military, all all the branches of our, uh, you know, of that. And we just lose sight of that sometimes. We look at these guys as our heroes, guys like... You know, the Royals and Astros and different professional athletes. But it was cool to see uh, firemen, so many of them on the field. And, man, to see those families of the two fallen firefighters, it was it was hard. It was hard. But it was cool to see Mike Moustakis and Eric Hosmer give them the long embraces and go talk to them. And, the, and you could tell the guys were fired up and they really wanted to win for them. And, you know, the cheesy part of me in the, the movie script, the Hollywood script, wants to think that, you know, both Larry and John, the two fallen firefighters, are up there and helping the Royals win tonight and smiling. And I've got goosebumps all up and down my spine right now just thinking about that and talking about that. And so, you know, this one's for them, and we're thinking of them, obviously. It's something that's just just a tragedy. But cool to see Kansas City Royals win this one for both the city but also people who need distractions during this difficult time. So that's what I want to say here to start off this edition of Your Dish. But, yeah, I mean, Johnny Cueto, it starts with him. Who would have thunk the Royals get down 2 nothing? And Cueto is obviously our easy player of the game in this one. Who would have thought, though, the Royals get down 2 nothing after the Luis Valbuena home run in that second inning? And then they wouldn't have another base runner the rest of the night. Who would have ever guessed that? If I would have told you before the game Johnny Cueto gives up a two-run home run in the second inning, I'm assuming that, like me, you would have said, okay, he's going four or five innings, three runs probably, right? That's what we would have guessed. No. Not a single base runner, 19 in a row retired by Cueto to end the game. No more Astros got on base when you add in Wade Davis, 1-2-3 with a K in the ninth inning, 22 in a row. Wow. And this is the type of game, too, from Cueto that gets remembered for a lifetime if it helps lead the Royals to a World Series. Now, it's got to get them to probably that next step to really be remembered forever. But a Game 5 start like this, when the Royals went all-in, I mean, how many times in their franchise history have they gone all-in for the marquee guy available to tread deadline? Probably this is the first time, honestly. We, we talked about that earlier and reviewed it. There probably has never been a time where anybody three-fourths as big as Cueto has been acquired at the trade deadline. The Royals did it. It'll be remembered if the Royals get to the World Series. That's the A part of how he pitched tonight. The B part is that if he has one more outing like this in the ALCS, and we'll just say seven innings, two runs, not even this good, because you're not going to see him retire 19 in a row again. It just doesn't happen. But let's say he goes seven innings, two runs, one of the two starts against Toronto, and the Royals win that game. The trade's officially been paid off and worth it at that point, because you got a Game 5 win, you got a big ALCS win, and let's not forget, he didn't get the win, or actually, he did get the win, didn't he, in Game 2? But, I mean, Cueto didn't pitch real well in Game 2 of this series. But the Royals won that game as well. So they've won both of the two games he pitched during the ALDS. And if he gets one more big outing during the ALCS, wow. 
the trade becomes worth it, and this is the kind of outing that will get him remembered for a long time around these parts for the right reasons. Now, it could have been the exact opposite had things been different, but they weren't. Eight innings, two runs on two hits. You know what's even more fun to think about? The Royals weren't that far from a no-hitter tonight. Because... The ball at the bat of Evan Gaddis is what got the first hit going in that second inning. The chopper to Mike Moustakis, nice play coming in to his right, throws it over to Haas, can't quite hold on to the ball. Borderline error, but it's a hit. There's no way you can expect that play to be made. But Moose and Haas do team up to make that play, I would guess, eight out of ten times. Four out of five times that play is probably made. It was a tough play, but I mean, if that ball is, if that, if that play is made, who knows? Who knows what happens? Cueto's not pitching out of the stretch against Valbuena. I mean, who knows? Pitch selection could have been different. Of course, everything else could have been different after that, too. You never know. But I'm just saying, the Royals weren't that far away from a no-hitter tonight, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah, no walks from Cueto. Eight Ks in his eight innings. Two runs on two hits. That was it. And why was that, you might say? Well... The movement from Cueto was definitely there tonight. It's not only that, though. It was the location. He pitched consistently down at the knees. But there was two other things to me that stuck out. Velocity was up a tick. If you looked at game two when he pitched here at the K last Friday, Cueto was more sitting at 92, topping 93. Tonight, we saw 94 pretty consistently. There were several, I'd venture to say, 12 to 16 pitches at 94 tonight out of Cueto. Velocity was a bit better tonight. Tempo was good. I mean, especially in some of those innings, he's rocked and fired. Didn't think. It was like him and Salvador Perez for one of the first times this year were completely on the same page. Just attack the hitters. And the second word besides velocity that uh, to me means why he pitched so well tonight was conviction. More conviction. It was kind of the same way in innings four, five, and six in game two of the ALDS. He got kind of rocked four runs in the first three innings and then settled down and they got nothing off of him because he pitched quicker. It was almost just like effort. I'm taking the ball and attacking. I'm sick of this crap. I'm just going to throw, 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 throw. It was kind of like he took that into the start tonight with conviction and velocity. So those two, along with pitching at the knees, to me, were the difference for Cueto. And it will be very interesting to see him in Game 3 up in Toronto next Monday, right? Yep, next Monday, Game 3, is when Johnny will take the ball again. I suspect it'll be Edinson Volquez Friday and Yordano Ventura on Saturday at the K. First game, by the way, is 6.30 on Friday. As of now, it looks like 2.30 on Saturday. That could change, though. So we mentioned Wade Davis and Johnny Cueto, and you can't say enough about them. Cueto was awesome. Awesome. Making a lot of Royals Nation eat crow. Myself included. I, I never thought this start was possible. I don't think anybody did. I think I think everyone thought we were past the point of seeing ace Johnny Cueto. I think everyone assumed we might see number three starter Johnny Cueto. Like I said, the five or six innings of three-run ball. We thought number three starter Johnny Cueto was pretty likely to come back out. But I don't think anybody saw an ace outing coming from Cueto. Honestly. If you're listening right now, be honest with yourself. Did you ever think a game like this was possible? If you did, you either have ridiculous, ridiculous amounts of blue Kool-Aid or you're delusional. (laughs) One or the other, but thankfully it happened. And let's talk about the defense, too, because there was some great defense being played behind Cueto that helped out as well. Sixth inning, how about that sliding catch off the bat of Jose Altuve by Alex Gordon? How about the seventh inning, Ben Zobras timing the jump perfectly to rob Carlos Correa? And keep in mind, too, that Johnny Cueto had guys pitching behind him. You saw Herrera and Duffy in the fifth. You saw uh, Herrera again in the sixth. You saw Ryan Matson 
in the eighth. You had Wade Davis come in. There were so many times, and a tip of the cap to Ned Yost, he was not going to let the Royals lose this game. He was not going to let Johnny Cueto dig himself into a hole after four innings. So they were. that's another credit to Cueto. There were many times the bullpen was up behind Cueto, almost constantly. For those last three innings, they were up probably half the hitters. So another tip of the cap to Cueto, and also the Royals' defense. Like I said, the Ben Zobras play, the Gordon play, could have saved him from coming out earlier. And then to end the night, why not? Paulo Orlando crashing into the fence, robbing Carlos Correa. Not a boy. And offensively, the pitching and defense were great tonight. Offensively was great, too. The Royals put together great at-bats the entire night, maybe outside of the first inning. A couple first pitch outs there in the first inning, including a double play ball and a pop-up from Eski. But extra base hits we saw tonight, quite a few of them. How about that three-run fifth inning? Salvador Perez gets hit. By the 3-2 pitch and walks. Walk slash gets hit by the pitch. So he got hit technically. Didn't walk. But Alex Gordon gets down to the count 0-2 against McHugh. 0-2 runner at first. And Gordon already hit a double play earlier. Kane already hit a double play earlier. And you're thinking, man, 0-2. We got to get this runner moved up. Because you can't trust Rios and Escobar necessarily, right? Gordon, the biggest at bat of the game to me. Was that at bat? Down 0-2. Works it back to 3-2. The ground ruled double to right. Second and third. The hook as Mike Fires comes in, McHugh out, and Alex Rios. How about that? That Good for him. He's had some good at-bats in this series, by the way. And I know there were some bobbles and some questionable defense in the first couple of games from Rios. and But the guy got on base twice on Monday during that big eighth inning. Go back, he had a double in game one or two. A big walk in one of those games as well. He's had some nice at-bats in this series. And I like how Ned, kind of like last year with Noriaoki, goes to the defense for Rios. We've been seeing Paulo Orlando. So give Rios some credit, guys. Out of the nine spot, if you're getting on base a solid one time a game, I'll take it. And that's what he's been doing during the ALDS. So a great, obviously, RBI double to put the Royals up 3-2, to two, set up by the Gordo double by my book. And three in that fifth inning, the Royals never look back. Salvador Perez, some more great at-bats, a single earlier in the game. And Kendrys Morales, how about for the icing on the cake against Dallas Keuchel? Go ahead and give him a 27 ERA for the night. Three runs and one inning. Kendrys Morales, that wasn't even that bad of a pitch. Way down at the shoe stops. <laughs> Kendrys golfs it out for his third home run of the ALDS. and ah, The Royals cruise. Oh, what a good night. Two for four the Royals were with Risp. Only two LOBs tonight. A couple of BBs. That's walks. Only three Ks. The Royals K'd against McHugh just once back in game one. Combined tonight, three. This was Royals baseball of 2014. And Royals baseball that we saw throughout the first half of this year into the first month of the second half. And that is very good to great pitching. Tonight it was great pitching, but it's, a lot of times it's very good. But great pitching tonight, great defense. First time in the ALDS we've seen the great defense. And you know what? The Royals, they were about due. I mentioned that yesterday on the dish, or Monday on the dish. They were about due to finally get something. Like the Correa ball that could have been a force and or double play that in the eighth inning and helped really get the Royals the dam to break for the Royals. They were due for that. I mean, God, the Royals, a couple of misplays from Rios. We talked about the first couple of games. Uh, a bunt to Mike Moustakis where him and Cueto allowed the runner to reach first when they looked at third. Kind of a miscommunication there. Lorenzo Kane normally runs down the ball in the gap in game three and dropped it. I mean, I'm just saying Houston had made all the plays up to that point. 
So it was about time, A, that the Royals made some great defensive plays for the first time, which they did tonight consistently. We named three of them. And B, Houston finally hit some balls hard right at people. I swear tonight was the first time all series that Houston smoked some balls into the gap that were caught. Everything they hit, and I should look up the average on balls in play in this series. I'm assuming it was way over the mean going into tonight for Houston. I should look that up. But obviously... Things even back out a little bit, and I am a firm believer, old school approach that baseball does, quote unquote, even out. So there we go. That's your dish for tonight. What a fun one, man! And and like I said, game one on Friday, six thirty at the K. I believe it'll be two thirty on Saturday. It'll be Volquez for the Royals in game one. I am assuming, and I don't cover Toronto. I haven't even gotten on their, you know, I'll, I'll get on the Toronto newspaper tonight. I'll get on Twitter. I'll talk to some of their uh, media people the next couple of days. I'm assuming it'll be R.A. Dickey or David Price in game one. And very interesting that they've been doing with Price. Price has to be hurt, right? I mean, you, you skip him his final start of the year during the regular season to go throw, you know, to Troy Tulowitzki in minor leaguers at the, the minor league complex. Now you're pitching him out of the bullpen, not even pitching him in game five and throwing him out of the bullpen. He hasn't been real effective either. I guess I'm assuming they're going to start him, though, in game one or two, right? But I don't know that he's totally right. I thought the Royals could hit him. R.A. Dickey is the wild card, of course, because he could be really good or really bad. you you got, you got to figure the Royals see Dickey twice. They probably beat him once and probably get beat by him once because normally the knuckleball is feast or famine, and the Royals do seem to struggle, albeit in small sample sizes, against knuckleballers. So that's it for this evening. We don't know the pitching matchup yet for Game 1. Obviously, we will by the time we talk to you again next time, and we look forward to it. We'll be in touch late Friday evening here on Clubhouse Conversation. Until then, appreciate you listening. Tell a friend at Royals Clubhouse to follow us. Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook here on the website, clubhouseconversation.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes. Go Royals!